Have you ever thought about the fact that before the very first Easter celebration, that first Sunday was actually a day still of loss and mourning? When Mary showed up to the tomb that day, she was not expecting to find what she ultimately found. Remember, a few days before, Jesus had been crucified. They brought him down from that cross, and they laid him in that tomb. And they couldn't finish preparing the body because of Passover and the Sabbath. So they had to wait until the end of Sabbath to come back that third day to finish preparing the body. That was Mary's goal that morning. That was her job. That was her task before her. Was to come to that tomb and finish preparing the body for burial. Because that was the finality. That was the end. In her mind, in her heart, in her thoughts. And as she walks to that tomb, she learns that things are going to be a little different that morning. But as she's walking, I can only imagine the pain she's dealing with, the hurt and the loss. Someone that she had known, somebody that she had sat at the feet of and listened to and shared. And her mind and heart is gone. You know, we've all dealt with loss before. And there are different various levels of loss that I kind of want to remind you of for just a second. Because disappointment comes in all shapes and sizes. How many of you have experienced disappointment when you walk into the kitchen of the house or maybe in the break room where you work and you have a moment of glimmer of excitement because you see a crispy cream donut box on the counter. And then you open it and try out it's empty. That's right. That hurts. Let's look at it right here. Because you had joy in your heart. You thought, Krispy Kreme, somebody likes me. And that box is empty. Or what about for us sport fans, those who love sports? Imagine watching that team being up 28 to 3 in the third quarter of the Super Bowl, only to lose it. And being losing, even having to go shake the hand of the guy who just beat you. You look at this picture behind me. Matt Ryan is leading the Atlanta Falcons late in the third quarter. They're up 28 to 3. And New England mounts the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history against the Falcons. And I love that picture because you can see the look of this dust on Matt Ryan's face. It's the face of, I do not want to be here. That's a devastating loss for a team. But there's another picture of devastation you and I all deal with. Is when we stand before the gravestone of somebody we love and care about. That's loss. Someone that we care for, someone that we love, someone who's part of, part of our life for years is no longer with us. And the reality is we all deal with loss. Some of you are coming in today carrying a burden, carrying a loss of something. Some of you are dealing with sorrow because of something that has taken place in your life. We realize life is not easy. Life is not designed to be easy because we are going to deal with loss. We're going to deal with devastation. Perhaps you're dealing with a loss this year. Perhaps you're dealing with a relationship that has suffered greatly. Perhaps you're dealing with a diagnosis you've just become aware of that's going to alter the rest of your life. The fact is we all deal with these things and it gets the backdrop of a pandemic we're still dealing with two years later. We're dealing with these things. We're dealing with loss. We carry this burden. We carry this burden that we're not supposed to be carrying anymore. But I want to remind you this morning that the gospel tells us right in the middle of all the chaos that we deal with, all the suffering that we are 
has come. Because we have hope. You just heard the choir sing about it. We have a hope that is certain, a hope that is sure. This morning we're starting something a little bit different. We're starting a series on Easter Sunday that's been curious over the next few weeks. Talking about this resurrecting hope. What does that look like? This morning I have three things I want to share with you to remind you of what we get to experience as believers. Because the tomb is empty, the first thing you and I get to experience is this. Hope appears when we least expect it. Hope appears when we least expect it. That early morning that Mary's making her way to the tomb, she is going with a purpose. She is going with a plan. She's going to anoint this body for burial. But when she arrives, she finds the tomb is empty. And to add insult to injury, according to Mary's mind, somebody not only has emptied the tomb, but they've taken the whole body with them. And she is devastated by this thought. I want to encourage you this morning to take your copy of God's Word. Turn to John chapter 20. That's where we're going to be for most of our time this morning. John chapter 20. And I want to show you for just a second when hope appears when we least expect it. John chapter 20. We're going to start right there in verse 1. We're right at verse 11. And y'all have to bear with me this morning. Singing for 20 minutes and trying to reset my brain in 30 seconds. I don't know what's going to happen this morning. But here's what I do though. The gospel will be shared. It may not be the normal way we share it. The gospel will be shared. But in verse 11, look at Mary. Mary is standing at the tomb. Verse 11, chapter 20. But Mary stood outside the tomb weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head of her feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, and did not know it was Jesus. Mary is so caught up looking in the tomb, all she sees is what she is missing because she fails to see what is there. She's so focused on the fact that the tomb is empty that she doesn't realize there are angels there that are speaking to her because in her her thought and in her tears, there's this heartbrokenness because the body of the one she loved is gone and has disappeared. And here is a thought for us this morning. When our dreams are shattered and our future becomes unclear, it's because all too easy we fixate on what has not happened, what we don't have, what they do not, and what is missing. We get so caught up on everything else, we miss what's really important. We miss what's right in front of us. And this is what's happening to Mary. Mary speaks to these angels, and she doesn't realize who she's speaking to. And then ultimately, she comes face to face with Jesus Christ and doesn't even recognize him. Look at verse 14. Verse 14 said that when she saw him standing there, she did not know that it was Jesus. 
finished the burial process. But as she does this, she comes with a little bit of hopelessness, and she's not coming with expectation. Think about expectation for a second. Some of you later today will go home, and you're going to hide Easter eggs for Easter egg hunt. I remember doing that when I was younger. That was a big highlight going to my grandmother's house. It was the Easter egg hunt between me and my two brothers, find out who could find the most. And on a side note, I want to thank the church family for donating the candy that we hid in eggs this past Wednesday night for our club to consume. I really appreciate our men who were here for our men's monthly fellowship because they lovingly and willingly stuffed candy in those eggs with joy in their heart. But think about the expectation. When you were younger, you went out expecting to find an egg, to find something in it. Now listen, when I was growing up, and help me out here, church, how many of you, when you used to hunt Easter eggs, you hunted the dyed Easter eggs, the hard-boiled Easter eggs? There you go. That's how I grew up. But also now with the plastic egg, you sometimes have that hidden egg, that treasure egg. What we did tell the kids Wednesday night was that there was a, a very special egg hidden amongst all the other eggs. It was hidden in some straw that contained like three bags of unopened candy. Bless that family's heart to receive that gift. Because that little boy, I'm sure, ate it all without an hour. But he went with no expectation, but when he found it, he was amazed. And too many times, we go into a life not expecting God to do great things, not expecting things to happen because we're walking around with our eyes closed. Mary, in all reality, Mary should have gone to the tomb expecting her Savior to be alive because she had heard him proclaim that. But human nature has kicked in and she's not expecting anything but a body laying there. But Easter, for you and for me, Easter is this reminder that God is in the business of awakening hope within us. That's what Easter is all about. Easter is about hope. A hope that is sure, a hope that is confident, a hope that can't be pulled away. It's not a hope that is wishful thinking. It's a hope that surrounds us. And there's different ways to experience hope. For some, hope comes from a simple conversation with a friend. Sometimes hope comes when a small prayer is answered. Sometimes hope shows up in a text message from somebody out of the blue. Sometimes hope comes when you see it expressed in a child, when they're watching a sunrise and really understanding what's taking place when that sun comes up in the world. Hope comes in so many different ways, shape, and form, but it's about the expectation. It's about being grateful amongst the frustration. But the key is the expectation level. What is our expectation level? Because think about it. Just like a child, when they go searching for Easter eggs, they're expecting to find a few. They're not expecting to come back with an Easter basket. They're expecting to find some egg. For you and me as a child of God, we look over the horizon to see a God who loves us, a God who gives us subtle hints and signs of hope. Because Easter shows up when we least expect it. But here's the other thought about Easter this morning. Easter comes just at the right time. Easter comes just at the right time. Because it's 
is on God's timetable, not mine and not yours. Because it is Jesus' compassion for those he loved that caused him to sacrificially give up his life. It is his compassion that causes him to be resurrected from the dead. Think about it. Mary is standing at the doorway of that tomb, and she doesn't realize Jesus is standing right there. She's standing at the entrance, and Jesus is standing there, and she doesn't even realize who is standing before her. Luke me in verses 15 and 18 in John 20's Gospel. It says, Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She's supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher. And then Jesus says, He knows everything. 
if everyone in the spirit this morning was able to see Jesus all around us? How would we act if we saw Jesus in every aspect of our life and every place where we've been missing him? Because it's at Easter. It's Easter's when you and I, we look at him face to face and we hear him call us by name and know that we can hope again because Jesus is alive. It's not so Mary hears her name and she knows who she's standing in front of. She's standing in front of the resurrected Savior, the one who died for her sin. It's at that moment she sees Jesus because she is face to face. And remember what Scripture says. Jesus says, with my sheep, know the sound of my voice. I call them by name. Mary hears her name from the lips of her Savior. She goes from weeping to rejoicing. She goes from loss to hope. She goes from despair to joy. Because she is now in the face of the face of her Savior. And it all leads to this point right here. The resurrection is victory over death. The resurrection is victory over death. You see Mary at the beginning, she's come to the tomb believing that it's over, but she learns that it's not because Jesus has risen from the dead, which means sin and death have been overcome because Jesus has the power not only to overcome it, but to sway it. Death was not the last word. Death not the final word. Jesus has the final say. It is this powerful revelation that comes with this truth is that if Jesus can overcome death, there's nothing in our lives that cannot be defeated or overcome by him. There's nothing that you're dealing with this morning that Jesus cannot defeat. There's nothing that you're having to struggle with that Jesus cannot overcome. You have to allow him to come in. Listen, it's not based on an intelligent thought here this morning. It's not what I believe here. It's what I believe here that makes all the difference in the world. Because I can have all the head knowledge about who Jesus Christ is. I can have it all up here. But unless it comes into my heart, I have no hope. Let me show you where that hope is. Take your Bible, turn a few chapters over to John chapter 11. And let me remind you what Jesus had told the disciples earlier. What Jesus reminds the disciples then, he reminds us as of today, this Easter Sunday. John chapter 11, verse 25 says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Jesus told that to his followers. He tells that to us today, that he is the hope of life eternal and the key to true life now. Because my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. And I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but what? Holy lean on Jesus' name. That's the truth of the resurrection this morning. That's the truth of the gospel. Jesus died for your sins. He died for my sins. And because he lives, I can face tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. Because he lives, all fear is gone. 
because he lives, I know I can handle whatever the world throws at me. This morning is a celebration of the resurrection. You heard it in the songs the choir sang. You heard it as the gospel and the scriptures have been proclaimed this morning. But here's where you come in. You have to make a choice this morning. Either accept the free gift of salvation that is offered to you by receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior or denying the free gift. Mary knew who Jesus was when she hears and calls by name. She knows that he's in his presence. This morning, can you say the same thing? This morning, are you so caught up with everything going on in your world? You're missing Jesus calling you by name, even though you may know him already. There are some this morning, you've never made a decision publicly to ask Jesus to be Lord and Savior of your life. Today is the day to do that. There are some this morning, yes, you know who Jesus is, but you've been acting a lot like Mary. You're so caught up in the world going around you, you've lost your focus on what the Savior has done for you and died for your sins. In just a moment, I'm going to pray and John Evans and Elias in that hymn, Because He Lives. As we are singing that hymn this morning, don't just sing a hymn. But let what you've heard this morning through Scripture, let, you, let what you've heard this morning be proclaimed from this choir. Let it penetrate your heart. And if you need to do business with God this morning, I encourage you to do it. You can do it from your pew. You can come down to this altar. You can come speak to me. But my prayer is that this morning you would do business with God, whatever that may be. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, if it comes to this moment of the service, Father, I thank you for Easter. I thank you that we celebrate a resurrected Savior, someone who has renewed our thoughts, renewed our spirits, renewed our hopes. And Father, you invite us to come into a partnership with you. You invite us to walk with you and talk with you because of the things that took place on that resurrected Sunday. Because we can trust in the fullness of who you are and your grace to change us from the inside out. Father, I give you the things I'm struggling with. Father, I give you the things I may be dealing with this morning, and I turn them over to you. Because your word tells me that your burden is light and my burden is heavy. And you tell me to give over those burdens, those things I'm dealing with. Father, this morning we celebrate the resurrected Savior. And I thank you for that. So, Father, as we sing in just a few moments that, that very familiar hymn, Father, may we not just sing it and sing it. But Father, may we be reminded of the message of that hymn. That because your Son lives, I can face tomorrow. Because your Son lives, all fears are. Father, thank you for that reminder. Be with us during this time. And we're going to give you the glory in all this. And we pray for your Son's name. Amen. Let's all stand.